0: This is First Read, a podcast of Edenton Street United Methodist Church where the preachers for this upcoming Sunday read the appointed text for the first time. Join us now for our first read.
1: This Sunday is February the 4th, 2024. It's the fifth Sunday after the epiphany. My name's Greg Moore. I will be preaching in the sanctuary this week
0: my name is Krista Jameis, and I will be preaching in the gathering.
2: And my name is Emmanuel Lerag. I'll be filling in for Lee in the gathering on the music. Well,
1: friends, our appointed texts for the fifth Sunday after the epiphany are Isaiah 40, 21 to 31, Psalm 147. 1 Corinthians nine sixteen to 23, and our Gospel reading, which is what our preaching will be centering on this week in both spaces, is Mark chapter one, 29 through 39. Krishy, can you read the Gospel for us this week?
0: I would love to. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed sick with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she served them. That evening at sunset, people brought to Jesus those who were sick or demon-possessed. The whole town gathered near the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons. But he didn't let the demons speak, because they recognized him. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. When they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. He replied, let's head in the other direction to the nearby villages so that I can preach there too. That's why I've come. He traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. This is the word of God for us the people of God. Thanks, Thanks
1: be to God. God. The Sunday after or this season after the Epiphany, we are in ordinary time, which of course means a time for discipleship and growth and what we're trying to grow in intentionally this year after this uh, Epiphany is our notion of call. What's it mean to be called by God as a community? That was our first week. What's it mean uh, to be called towards the work of gathering and repair? That was uh, the week after that. What's it mean to be called to the work of liberation? That was the week after that. And this week we're we're talking about what does it mean to be called uh, to the work of healing? One thing that strikes me, y'all, as we have like been walking through this call, uh, is the way the texts. Uh, call us into a vocation. They don't ask us what we're called to. <laughs> there's something freeing about that to me. Mm-hmm. There's there's this kind of paralysis that happens when someone says, you know, hey, what do you what what's your call or or, uh, you know, what's your purpose? All that kind of stuff. Seems like we're being liberated from having to do that discernment. And Jesus Jesus is just saying, hey, here's your call. I want you to practice gathering folks and work on healing. And liberation um.
0: yeah, and the texts like move naturally, I think, through like what it actually like how to live and move in this world in such a natural way, like first you follow, and then you find a liberation from the things that that bind you that possess you, and once you find that, um, then there's healing hmm. and discipleship hmm. and So it's just the texts are like setting up this almost a natural um, rhythm for like how to how to be human.
1: Hmm. And we're we're having to confront some weird language Mm -hmm. that threatens to dehumanize us, at least within the scriptural text. Like we're talking about demons a lot. Mm -hmm. Last week, Mm -hmm. you and Ashley talked about demons this week. uh, The demons are back. And um we're also talking about healing, like you know Jesus it says that uh, he healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases mm-hmm. and he threw out many demons, which is just you know a little weird
0: It's <laughs> definitely not language that you're you know you use on a regular basis. like I don't wake up in the morning and I'm like, "Oh, I got a demon."
2: <laughs> <laughs> gotta cast that out today. Yeah, that's right like put that on my to-do list
0: like it's just not common language we use as much any, anymore I think last week was it demon or evil spirit I can't remember what. anyway it doesn't matter but yeah
1: there is a progression of the text like you said about calling to follow calling towards being liberated and then calling uh, towards uh, being healed I wonder how how this call towards watching Jesus heal and being a participant in the healing work of Jesus, like how does that land? Does that, at first blush, is does that sound like, um, you know, I'm trying not to use actual names of people. But you know who I'm talking about.
0: Welcome to our call to series where we're going to call people out. Well, I'm not talking
1: about people in our church. I'm talking about like big name people who Ah. like gather people in arenas and do healing ministries. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, is that what we're talking about? Is that what is that? Is that what we're doing? It's a real question. Manuel, are you booking the RBC Center for us? I am. Okay, great. That's why I was silent for a sec. You heard clicking in the background? That was that. (laughs) Is there a way to talk about healing in the vocation of Jesus that is not theatrical?
0: Well, this isn't theatrical at all. Like The healing doesn't take place within this grand theater. We're told... That the whole town gathered near the door. Um, But it seems as if the healing, the healings are taking place in the home.
2: Yeah, it's like, as opposed to Jesus saying, hey, come into the street. People are going to see us, right? Um, Like people are attracted to the healing, not the healing is being shown off to the people. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I think there's something to be said that like healing is taking place in these small groups, not in this like larger arena to mm. be on show mm. um, like it's it's happening within within a home with a few people who know each other well, or so it seems um yeah, I don't know.
1: Does does the healing in this non-theatrical setting. And I say non-theatrical what I mean is, you know, the theater of the big tent healing services that I think we're pretty familiar with, especially especially in like American Christianity. We we really have highlighted that and then we export it around the world. <laughs> we export that Expression around the world, that theatrical healing stuff. If not that, what is it? What is this healing that we watch Jesus do?
2: Anytime I see, um, I mean, when I think of this theatrical thing, um, there is, there are things that are almost for the purpose of entertainment, Uh, and spectacle, uh, which like you're saying as Americans is very attractive to us. That's like ingrained in our culture. Uh, like an entire social media platform of spectacle Mm. within a few seconds. Like, how do you capture attention? Um, and there's like, there can be merit in ways to spectacle, um, in the ways that it <laughs> gathers attention at least like that's it's not like that isn't a viable method of gathering people's attention and uh there's also stories that aren't for spectacle um that are just like connection um and like yeah like you're saying Jesus's healing here is not for spectacle or attention um like Jesus went to a private place and people just showed up.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I think you're right. Like healing, being around someone who's experienced true healing, I mean it's like light. (laughs) Like there's just something, um, especially if you're experiencing pain in any way, um, being around someone who's experiencing or who has experienced healing is like medicine mm. and it just draws you in and draws you closer and you wanna be around it. Um, and so that, I don't know, I wonder if that's what's happening. And I also see like how this healing, once the healing takes place, like that's not it, right? Like I think we see that in a couple different places here with the mother-in-law She's healed and then she gets up and she like almost begins serving and healing others. <laughs> and so, like, this healing leads to, um, to like discipleship, it leads to more, more healing. Um, Jesus even heals and then we see him get up and pray and, and then move towards more people I don't know I don't know but I do think there's something there's just something remarkable about being around people who are healed um, or have experienced any kind of healing in any way and in your own life once you've experienced that like you're also wanting to go because you be I don't know Help others um, feel that same breath in your lungs that you're now experiencing. It just draws you towards community.
1: Can I cheat a little bit? Oh. I know it's first read, but I pulled out my phone to oh, cheat.
0: And man. We should have a lockbox in here. Yeah,
2: it's not okay. The alarm is going off.
1: It is. <laughs> Yeah, no. i wanted to just check out everything hunch. he says i just wanted to check a hunch because the word the word healing is we're saying this week we're called to heal but what does that mean we're we talking about we're it's called true. to put on these theatrics are we called to like uh pray until somebody's better and also what happens when you pray and people don't get better yeah right? what does that mean it's a very real question mm-hmm. and uh you know yeah i mean not many many people know right now that i'm helping my father and my mother as they're dealing with some health stuff. And so like I'm praying for for them, but does that mean that like, if they're not magically fixed, my prayers aren't heard, my faith isn't right. Like what's that mean? Right. What is this healing stuff that Jesus is talking about? So I cheated. I'm a cheat. I pulled out my phone and I looked up the word that is used in Mark specifically verse 34 where it says he healed Many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons. So I looked up that second word, healed, and uh, in Greek, um, uh, it, uh, it, it is basically the same root word that we get therapy from. Okay. Therapeo is the word. And uh, the primary word, or the primary definition of that word is to serve and to do service. So what I think we're seeing, Jesus offering the church is a vocation of serving mm-hmm. whatever's broken in humanity, which is really c- counter to – I mean, just remember, like, you know, they, they're in the backwoods of the Roman Empire. And in Rome, if you were uh, sick or not well, mentally or physically, you were to be kind of cast aside because you were you were a threat to the vitality of everyone else and so jesus is actually making space for those who are hurting to be mm. gathered mm. which is what christians have, that's why we make hospitals like christians have always made hospitals the monastics early church mothers and fathers created spaces where sick people could gather because there was nowhere else for them to gather and mm. so they saw this as being therapy, serving the brokenness of humanity. Mm. I'm not sure that what Mark is saying is that suddenly they're magically made well. I think what, what Mark is saying is that Jesus always makes space for humanity to gather its brokenness together mm. and find itself being served. Mm. And that's divine. We want theatrics we want magic fixes and what we get is a God who joins us wherever we're suffering and serves that and I think the sacred story is that that, that that's holy like that's that therapeutic work of joining in not shying away from mm. and yeah that that's the work that Jesus is leading us in
0: and he actually says it. He says that's why I've come.
1: Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> and I got to go find others because there's apparently people hurting everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. I think about our our ecclesial life together, our church life together, and I wonder how much. Um, how how do we practice that? How do we create space for people to bring bring their um, their brokenness to, to Jesus.
2: I mean, I think like in this passage, like gathering in small or groups of people, um, whether that's your small group, literally every week or whatever cadence, uh, or like in the young adult group monthly or at Sunday school, um, intentionality because uh i mean we have lots of people that we call friends uh and close friends and there's something to the intentionality of this is why we gather uh this is what we're here for um jesus gathers us uh is a different posture than we gather us
1: hmm hmm
2: hmm yeah I, I do love that um,
1: that uh, your notion is a very Wesleyan notion, by the way. That, <laughs> that this is, we are gathered as a response to God's work, that God is gathering us together. I've told the story uh, uh, in different settings um, around here, some folks may have heard this, but about Jesus gathering, folks were broken. We took a trip to Lourdes, France. Um, Mary, there's within the Roman Catholic Church, there is a grotto in Lourdes where Mary appeared to St. Bernadette, a young girl, um, and so there's a shrine there. It might be a cathedral there. Anyway, it's become this place where people go and venerate and pray to Mary, and particularly they go to seek healing. There's a water that comes out of the grotto, and this is supposed to be miraculous water that offers healing. And there's this like through the whole city of lords uh there is this there are these yellow lines that are like right down the middle of all the roads and i had no idea what those were for until noon and at noon every day uh, the bells ring and this parade of broken humanity starts following those yellow lines they all lead to the grotto and down at Mm -hmm. the grotto uh, there's the gathering of people who are suffering with all sorts of diseases, and maybe we would say demons, um, things that are possessing them, that are holding them, and they just come to Jesus. And Emmanuel, I think you're right, like Jesus is the one drawing them there. And I didn't see anyone leave their wheelchair and walk out, but I will say that there was something deeply therapeutic about there being a space for them to bring that, to be seen, and to be prayed with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't a fix, but it was holy, I will say that. And Jesus gathers them, right? Jesus is always making these spaces
2: for therapy. I love then too that Jesus goes out and seeks what is therapy for Jesus. Yeah, right, <laughs> yes.
1: Being in a deserted place where you could be in prayer alone.
0: He was an introvert.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not the only time that, that Jesus finds that. I mean, that that same word, I'm guessing I would have to cheat some more and look, but you know, um, when the angels attend to him in prayer, I wonder if the word is the same thing. Like they're serving him in prayer. Mm -hmm. They're showing up. Um, I wonder if it's the same word when, uh, the women come to serve his body when he's like, they come near the brokenness and the death. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, over and over over again, that's why I've come.
2: Yeah.
1: Hmm. This, I mean, it's hard to underestimate and hard to understate the scandal that this is within the larger landscape. Because the large notion that is dominating both the world this text was created in, but also the world we're in now, is that anything divine can't be sullied by brokenness. And so brokenness is a threat to like divinity. Um, gods don't get sick. Or die. Or die. Uh, gods don't struggle with things that possess them. That's why they're divine. And so the remarkable thing here is that God—that what we're seeing in Jesus is saying that, um, now I'm going to come near and I'm not threatened by your brokenness. In fact, I'm going to redeem it by being with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm grateful for a, a faith that says that my brokenness is not a threat to God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it took me a long time to get to that place a long time. To realize that like my rough edges, my pain, my whatever it happens to be, um, yeah, it's not too much.
1: In fact, that's where God meets us. God serves us uh, in that place. This Sunday, uh, w- w- just heads up: the women of our church are on retreat down at the beach. The youth of our church—they at the beach too? Also, they at, are. The beach. also, also at the beach. Also at the beach.
0: Everyone's going to the beach.
1: Yeah. So, this if you're still in Raleigh, we hope you'll bring whatever you're carrying um, into this place. And there will be space for all of humanity because that's what God does and Jesus, comes near and serves us. We'll see you Sunday.
0: Bye. See you then.